I like to live my life one pizza at a time. Welcome to the Burning Barrel Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the Burning Barrel Podcast. Just you and I this week. Yep. It's nice. It feels like a cozy hug. Or sitting on the couch watching a television show. Sure. You're not having to entertain guests or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's just... I mean, we're basically like the pizza for your ears. Just comfort food. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Go with that. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> whatever. Yeah, whatever. Metaphors. Yeah. Metaphors, man. Metaphors are great. They help describe stuff that is indescribable. Or you'd say things and then no one understands you, and... That's more it, in my case, for sure. <laughs> but I'm okay with that. Speaking of TV, though, I've been watching a TV show that's on... Do you know what Show Me is? I think it might be Canadian only. No, that's not ring a bell. S-H-O-M-I. It's basically, think, like, Hulu or Netflix or something like that. The difference with it is is that it's free because the only way you get it really is to sign up with a cable provider of some sort. Mm-hmm. So I have my internet through a cable provider up here through a Shaw Cable, and because I do, I have access to Show Me, which they're partnered with or whatever. Nice. So in a way, it's kind of nice for that because it's basically free Netflix. I'm paying for internet anyways, and they're giving me this service that's Netflix-like. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Um, it has a few different things than the Netflix does, so having both of them is still a thing that I've been doing, because if it's not on one service, it might be on the other. Uh, this is one of the shows that is on that service. I don't know if it's on Canadian Netflix or any Netflix right now at all, but uh, it's a show called Fresh Off the Boat. Um, best way you can describe it, it's like Malcolm in the Middle, if they were all Chinese immigrants. Hmm. Yeah, so, with the standard stereotypes, basically. So, mm-hmm. the mother is very, like, you have to, like, do perfect in school, blah, 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 kind of uptight. Not to the point that, like, she's a bitch, like, she is in Malcolm in the Middle. Mm-hmm. Like, but more, she's kind of, like, the funny, awkward, like, Chinese lady trying to be American, but, like, still very traditional in a lot of ways. The dad is more like a whitewashed, like, he is basically American with Chinese roots. And then the kids are just stereotypes <laughs> for the yeah. most part. Uh, but it follows the, like, oldest of the sons. It's kind of like a a happy days or something, or the golden years or something, where uh, there's, like, a grown-up version of him. It's like a dude telling the story of, like, his childhood but, like, it's showing the child, him growing up, like, being a kid or mm-hmm. whatever with, like, voiceover afterwards of him as an adult. So I don't know if it's, like, based on true stories and then exaggerated or if it's all just written for the show or whatnot. It's, um, but he's, like, a rap dude. Like, he likes listening to rap and trying to fit into this school and stuff like that. Um, it's set in 1995. And I think that's where one of the giant hooks for me is, is because mm-hmm. it's like a lot of the stuff in it revolves around like 90s stuff. Like there's a whole 
episode where one of the premises is the kid is trying to get money for the new hot video game called Shaq Fu. <laughs> Great. Yeah. And, um, and like, then, of course, as anybody who has played Shaq Fu knows, at the end, they're all disappointed because it's trash. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but, um, the, like, story arc is basically he wants this game, then traditional Chinese family saying, like, well, you're gonna have to work then, we don't do handouts, blah, 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 he gets a job, and, like, it's, it's a standard family type sitcom that you would expect but with like mm-hmm. a chinese influence to it uh, i think the big part of it that i like is the mother is hilarious because of like the awkward like chinese stuff trying to fit in and still being kind of a hard ass <laughs> mm-hmm. it's all nice. it's actually quite good i really enjoyed my time with it there's only one season and it's quite short each episode is like the 30 minute time slot so it's like 21 22 minutes each episode and i think there's like only 13 of them mm-hmm. so it is very much in pilot phase right now but i would i would recommend it i think for anybody that likes those like malcolm in the middle type shows or these family-based sitcoms because it does a pretty good job of recreating that especially if you're a 90s kid like grew up around that age in the 90s you recognize a lot of like the dumb shit going on here and especially if you like rap music because there's really good rap tracks they choose in a Hmm. lot of places interesting yeah so it's been really cool i quite enjoyed it but the first i don't know it takes the first episode isn't great i will say it takes about two or three to really get into the swing of things and then you're like yeah okay you get to know the characters a little bit more and it's pretty cleverly written. There's a lot of, like, clever little stereotypical jokes. There's some blatant racism here and there, but it's in a funny way, not necessarily a derogatory way. Mm-hmm. And when it is in a derogatory way, they kind of handle it probably appropriately. Yeah, no, I definitely recommend it if you can find it. It's probably on YouTube. Like, it's probably one... It seems like one of those shows that doesn't have enough of a following that somebody put it up on YouTube and nobody's claiming it. <laughs> so... I I would definitely check it out if somebody has some time to waste and likes that type of stuff. Yeah, I was just looking it up real quick. Yeah. It looks like uh over here it's like a it's on broadcast television. It's on like ABC over here. Oh, okay. And it's so like so it's like 5 million views an episode. It looked like it got Oh, okay. So what it seems pretty popular. What's the general consensus of it? See, this is a problem is that I haven't actually had cable television for Mm-hmm. What year is it? 2015? About seven, six, seven years. So I don't actually know what's on TV anymore <laughs> at all. I mean, I do. I barely do either. Like, I don't I don't watch TV that much. So I don't really know. I was just looking at the Wikipedia article on it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you can catch it, then I would definitely recommend it. I'd like to see more of it. Uh, I don't know if maybe there's more seasons then, and then this is only the first season. That's on this service. Maybe I'll look it up. Uh, yeah, it started in in February, so there's only that much so far. Oh, of this year. Yeah. Okay, so in that case, I'm really stoked that Show Me is that recent that it has a full season already on it. That's yeah. pretty good. That's pretty good. But it um, also it looks like it was based on a memoir. So it's based on true true okay. stuff. Okay. Bye. Of the food personality, Eddie Huang. Yeah, that's the kid in the show. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I definitely recommend it. 
if people wanted to go check that out. But that's pretty much all I've been really watching, watching. I don't think I've seen any movies yet this week. Mm. I've been watching movies. Yeah. So, first I saw, I went and saw Inside Out. Yeah. Which is the new Pixar movie. Is it great? It's pretty good. It's pretty, it, it feels like a return to form for Pixar, who's sort of been churning out kind of crappy, or movies that just didn't interest me more than anything. Like, I don't, I, Cowers 2, don't care about. Monsters University just didn't interest me. I don't. I don't need to see a college comedy done by those guys. And Brave also had sort of very lukewarm word of mouth, and just I didn't didn't want to see it. Whereas this this has gotten really good word of mouth, so I, I wanted to see it. It's like thematically very similar to Toy Story three. Okay. In that it's like you're you're it's about a kid growing up and having to like learning like dealing with stuff is just you're gonna forget stuff about like there are parts of your childhood you're not gonna be able to hold on to mm. it's a big it's a big part of this that's uh, okay so the inherent problem i have with this toy story series even though mm-hmm. i love the movies like i yeah. actually really do mm-hmm. they it's kind of the same problem i have with just like video games that introduce a cute thing to kill it later like they're very hokey in trying to just evoke emotion by like i feel just taking a thing that everybody can relate to like losing your childhood or something and then like really hamming it on does it mm-hmm. do that sort of thing or is it more like refined at least because it, it seemed sp- particularly in three really hammy <laughs> Like, to the point where the toys are about to die. Like, it's it's kind of too much for me in 3. It was a little more nuanced, I think, in the other ones, and just kind of a cute movie. But what's it like in this? The, there's a part that's pretty similar to that from 3. Okay. But I thought it all worked in the context of what they were going for. Just in terms of, it's not like... it's You're not dealing with the the actual, like, girl like going through some of this stuff it's more like parts of her it's basically dealing with her imaginary friend and how it's being forgotten and like okay. the parts of her mind that were that would remind her of her imaginary friend are are sort of being torn down and disappearing because it's like and there's like this big chasm where all her old memories are sort of being dumped into to just vanish huh. and stuff okay but and, and then there are like two characters who are there's like the gum commercial joke thing where they're like the characters getting rid of all these old memories are like oh but this one this is a gem gotta hold on to this one that's pretty great gum jingle they just keep sending up um Louis Black is great as the personality anger yeah I mean that is his whole shtick right so I'm sure he would be (laughs) so yeah all the the it's really good it's also just good to see a Pixar movie that's focusing on like primarily female characters because a lot of their early stuff was like I really liked Brave though for that. Yeah, because there is I can't remember what that stupid test is where like having two women on the screen and like judging mm-hmm. how long it takes for them to talk about a man or whatever. Yeah, the uh oh, fuck, Brave barely has that at the all. The Bechdel test. The Bechdel, that's right. This is from a comic book. That is like one of the few movies with the female lead that I can think of in, like, animation where mm-hmm. that is, uh, 
like winner <laughs> basically yeah. oh well it, it's yeah i mean the Bechdel test is more about trends and like it's ridiculous how few movies actually pass this really simple test it's really gross actually <laughs> it's really yes. gross and you know what like i know a lot of people just say like that's a bullshit test and stuff and it very well might be uh, well, it doesn't fa- mean it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean any... a movie's bad. Yeah, it's no. not like a, really a judgment on the movie. It's just ridiculous. No, I I always found it more as a judgment on the writers that they're so like not good enough to write something that they have to resort to the same old trope every time, <laughs> basically. Or just like people don't think about like that. People think about having a female character, but they never like go to have a second one. And then have them care about something that's not one of the male characters. Sure, yeah. Anyways, does this pass the Bechdel test? Yes, okay. most of it, a lot of it is about the two emotions, uh, joy and sadness, who are both both women. Girls okay. inside this, this like, I forget how old she is. She's like 11 or something. Arguably using those two emotions as women. You could probably, like, it's kind of good that it passes that test because it would be too easy <laughs> to incorporate both of their conversations, only ever being that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, cool. yeah. And then there are good conversations between the, the girl and her mother. Cool. Well, so happens. Um, but yeah, it's just, it just was good. Like, it, it was effective at tugging at heartstrings when it wanted to be. It didn't feel too exploitive. It was kind of, but. Yeah. Too exploitive. I mean, it's purposely trying to make you sad in some parts. Like, yeah, that happens. But it's also sort of a movie that's like the message is it's okay to be sad sometimes. <laughs> that's like the lesson Joy has to learn. But, I mean, it's like we know as people movie, it isn't. It's never She's okay. literally trying to put sadness in a circle. Okay. Like, say, don't, don't move, don't touch anything. Because sadness is like touching th- memories and making them sad memories. But okay. like the moral is more like sometimes the person needs to feel sad or else that's they an interesting in their life actually. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of people like in real life do you try to just like draw that circle, mm-hmm. and when it comes out of that circle, it's really bad. So mm-hmm. you kind of have to let it do its thing when it needs to. Yep. Like I mean. I think that's maybe, like, a thing, not to get too into, like, mental health or something, but depression and stuff. Like, I think it's maybe somewhat of a case of drawing that circle and, like, trying to be normal and stay, keep things within it, Mm -hmm. where it's like, no, like, maybe the circle's just bigger, maybe, (laughs) for depressed people or something. I don't know. It's bad. Repressing how you feel, generally, bad. Yeah, you need to get that stuff out somehow. Yeah, it can do crazy shit, like yeah. really, really bad, harmful shit to you. <laughs> so, yep. So that's a lot of this movie is about that. Okay. Things go. So there's like disaster movie elements in there, even though it's like just a person's. I mean, of course, memories. Because it's still a movie. Yeah, so. it is still a movie. Yeah. But also, like the uh, just briefly the short that played before it, Lava. Mm-hmm. Which is about a volcano who sings about how lonely he is, and then there's like a girl volcano below the sea that listens to him, and then as he sinks away, she rises up, but then she rises up facing the wrong direction and can't see him. 
That's which is like kind of depressing. Made, oh, I mean, it has a happy ending. But the weird, the, so the nitpicky part about it to me is like they make the uh, the dude volcano like all weird and interesting looking. But then like the female volcano is just stereotypically conventionally attractive and feminine. It's just like, why don't they ever put like interesting designs on female stuff when they do this kind of thing? Like they always just do the conventional attractive. I mean, it's Miss Pac-Man again, right? Like Pac-Man was literally just a circle, like a pie with a piece taken out of it Mm -hmm. that moved that piece, like Mm -hmm. filled or unfilled to make it look like a mouth. And then they put lipstick and a bow on it to make Mrs. Pac-Man. Like, that's just how it worked. <laughs> that's almost like that. The that's the different thing. That's like the female version. That's literally just the male version with lipstick. And he, this is like, oh, that isn't this at all. Like, no, it's not she just looks the same very, volcano with a bow. No, on it. she looks very different. She looks much more like an actual human being, like person face, whereas he is like this weird drawn out face. What's it called? Lava? Lava. All right. I'm going to see if I can find a screenshot of this because it's really hard for me to picture. Just uh-huh, based yeah, on, like, yeah, 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 sure. Imagine a volcano. It's like, okay. Oh, I, yeah, you're totally right. That's really weird. <laughs> That's really fucking weird. And like the rocks like her hair. That's yeah. funny. And he just looks like, I mean, what, I mean, he looks like John Goodman. He just does. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. I'm just saying he looks uh-huh. like John Goodman. Mm-hmm. And she looks like, I don't know, any stereotypical female modeling mm-hmm. face ever. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. I see what you mean. That's really weird. Yeah. That was just a weird, a weird thing. Sure. It looks so like I, I s- could actually watch this. This is on, uh, this is on YouTube, the short. Huh. So it's okay. Maybe I'll do it later. It's not great or anything. Okay. Um, but I, I recommend Inside Out. Inside Out was good. And then I saw Ant Man. I really, okay. I I really liked Ant Man. It's it's very much just another Marvel movie in a lot of ways. Like it tonally, it feels really similar to the Captain America movies to me. It just feels okay. like it's set in that like grounded Marvel universe where. It just has that what what those the feel of those movies. It's got that. So not like the Thor feel where it's very like outer spacey and ethereal or anything like that. Like it's very grounded in reality sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's going for that. Okay. Um it's I mean it's starring Paul Rudd, so it has sort of a Paul Rudd feel to it where like stuff is happening and he's just sort of going with it. <laughs> Like, he never takes things too seriously. Even when stuff gets serious, he just, like, doesn't have it in him to get super serious. Uh, what's his name? Fucking... I think it's Paul Rudd. Yeah, not That's not the name Paul we're looking Rudd. for. God. Ant-Man? No. The guy playing... Pretty sure he, his name is... Him. Pretty sure his name is Paul Rudd. Yeah, pretty much. No, uh, the guy you're thinking about is Michael Douglas, probably, right? Michael Douglas okay. is great. Michael Douglas just rocks. Yeah. So, so uh, he plays Hank Pym. Yeah. Who they they basically use it. He was a superhero in, during World War II as Ant Man, and now he's old and can't can't do it anymore. 
Makes sense. And he's Old like people can't do a lot of things, so. So then, and then like the villain setup is very similar to uh, the first Iron Man movie, where you've got. Uh, he, like basically Hank Pym's protege at his company took over the company for him and is now wants to use like the Pym particle shrinking stuff and sell it for to weapons dealers for money, make all the money. It's like that same kind of plot, sort of just remix. That that's a dumb plot. <laughs> basically, for I mean, I mean, it's yeah. realistic. Yes, it's just it's, it's that marble grounding thing. Sure. I think that's why I like weird DC villains who's just like, they're just so classically villain. Like, we want to kill all life. Or, like, yeah, I mean, there are plenty of villains like that in Marvel. They're just not using them. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. (laughs) Because they, they, they really, it feels like they just have assumed that the appeal to these movies are how they've made them grounded. I don't know how true that is, but that definitely seems to be part of their. Mom. I get they're doing it. They're like they're only they're into easing people into the weirder stuff. They don't. That's want lame to though. Go full weird. Yeah, I wish they would go full weird. That is a problem I have with the Marvel movies. But so this movie also what really the one of the other stronger parts of this movie is that it's very genre focused in that it's like a it's really just a heist movie, and I like heist movies. So it has like the superhero stuff plus heist movie stuff. It's like so. A, it's Captain like, America meets Heat. Not um, sort of not full heist movie. <laughs> um, pretty full heist movie, but it way more goes into superhero stuff. Cause okay, so the really best part about this movie, the thing that makes me really like it, is the action is really good, and they make really good use out of the Ant Man power of like shrinking and growing stuff. Okay. Well, he'll like shrink. Well, I mean, that's the whole around. gimmick that makes it yeah. different, right? So yep. they should use that. Yep. And they, so like just having him shrink down, jumping around on someone, then growing full size, punching them, just like him like shrinking down into something, taking it apart, and then flying away, or his army of ants. He's an army of trained ants. So and there's like no different like, cool kinds down of ants. on his growing and. Like, there's no cool down. Okay. In and out, boom, boom. Okay, that's you, if there was a video game, that's the mechanic you would need to lead with. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, because that's the that's the most interesting thing. Honestly, the thing in the trailers that makes me want to see it is mm-hmm. that like whole scene where there's this epic fight on a train, and it's actually just like the tiny train going around in somebody's basement or something. Uh, it's fucking Thomas the Tank Engine. Is it? That's even yes. better. That's even better. It's so good. It's Thomas the Tank, and they're like is that part great, like drawn out. That part is amazing. Okay, like cool. that's that's like the fight scene where you're like, okay, this movie is. I mean, it's 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 pretty late, but that's one of the fight scenes. You're like, wow, this is just amazing because like okay. you you're in like the small view, and like they're throwing these this like train at each other, and they knock it away, and then it cuts to like the full view where you just see this little toy train dink around, land very gently. Or like one of the characters like, oh no, there's a train coming for me, and it just bounces off because it's a fucking electronic toy train. Like, it's not actually going very fast with any force compared to how strong that he is at that, at that uh, size. Sure, yeah. Huh. That stuff okay. is all really good. 
That I mean that, and that's the whole draw is the seeing all the action stuff because the movie it's like it's not that funny. Like it's funny, but it's not that funny. Characters are okay. Like it's very standard Marvel, but the action stuff is way more creative and interesting, I think, than have been in any of these movies. How is like their really acting style for that character, where he's kind of like aloof and sarcastic in most stuff? It works really well because the what I like about it is the like compared to Avengers two, where it got too heavy into the melodrama, and it's just nice to have something that like cuts through that whenever it like could be starting to happen it says nah we're not gonna get that serious come on guys mm. chill chill out <laughs> chillax or whatever chillax. people say yeah i think that's what people say i don't mm. think anyone ever actually said that but no they didn't nobody says that <laughs> ever chillax is like i don't know if it ever existed unironically but like it's the new version of what's up or whatever like oh, you've heard yeah. people say it but it's not a thing people say <laughs> yeah yeah sure. overall you at man's good we're seeing yeah. theaters. yeah like why not right <laughs> like it's spectacle action is why you're seeing it so theaters makes sense yeah, like okay. I don't. It's sort of weird because like it's the action is great. I don't think the directing or cinematography are particularly great. It's just like the what they're working with is such a cool thing. Like it's a whole strength. It's like oh yeah, comic book movies are great because it's this cool idea that even if you're just sort of making an average movie, it's still different and interesting. Like it's still really cool, even though it, you're not. Like the talent behind the camera, or whatever isn't isn't making this particular isn't isn't amazing or anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, how would you rate it in terms of like the other Marvel movies compared um, to its peers? Like pretty high. Because it again, I just think it has the best action of any of these movies. Including Overall, any I think, of the Iron Man movies, there's some great stuff in Iron Man. Yeah, I just think this action is better. Okay. Um, Iron Man's probably still a better movie. Like, there's there's way too much from this movie that's directly copying Iron Man for me to ever say that's better than Iron Man. Really? Okay. <laughs> like it's on. Like overall, it's kind of on par with. A Captain America movie, sort of. It's it's sillier. It's more it's more comedic. But. Vel's asking, "What's more fun, this or uh, Guardians of the Galaxy?" Guardian, like Guardians of the Galaxy, had more personality. Like it's the Paul Rudd thing. It's like he's funny, but he's not that funny. I think Guardians of the Galaxy has an upper hand in that regard, though, because you're talking about four or five personalities. Yeah, that are like interacting got... with each other, whereas Paul Rudd kind of has to take this on by himself, right? Well, he's sort of, but he's also with Michael Douglas is really good, um, and then the girl who's the who's what's her name from Lost is okay, but she's mm-hmm. just okay. Yeah, she's okay. the girl, and then Michael Pena has a, a silly character. Okay, cool. But yeah, I just thought. It's like the action, just better. <laughs> Who would win in a fight between Atman and the Incredible Hulk? 
Um, the Ant Man wouldn't lose because he could just leave. Okay. <laughs> or hide. Could he not <laughs> I be don't crushed think he... though? Uh, not really. Oh. I mean, okay. he could. Yeah. Not really. When push came to shove, not really. Hmm. So you're saying that that Ant Man would actually beat the Incredible Hulk? No, he wouldn't win either. More yeah, like because like just... <laughs> nobody really wins against the Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What about between Ant Man and Thor? A man kinda, in a suit against a god. Kind of the same thing. Okay. Like, the shrinking thing just makes him be able to, like, disappear in a way where he shouldn't lose. It's like, that. it depends on what they were fighting for, what they were interested in. Like, what What was Ant-Man's... What, if what he was if trying Ant-Man, to steal something, he would probably get away with it. What if Ant-Man was trying to destroy Thor's family. <laughs> he was trying to kill Odin. <laughs> Probably wouldn't be able to kill Odin. Okay, fair enough. Probably wouldn't be able This to. is a stupid <laughs> fucking <laughs> Just like, what if this thief was actually trying to murder a god? The god of gods. <laughs> it's totally outside his personality, but yeah. Sure. Okay, but he might win against, say, Star-Lord. Yeah. Or, like, he would definitely win against Star-Lord, <laughs> probably, because yeah. Star-Lord is essentially just a human with a gun. Yep. So, okay. Technically, he's an alien human, but whatever. Well, he's basically Han Solo, right? Yeah. Like, let's be honest here. He's a wise-cracking asshole that listens yeah, to no. music. He would probably get knocked the fuck out. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So, you... I'm stoked to hear that you enjoyed this movie, because Ant-Man, to me, has always been, like the perfect dumb superhero. <laughs> like, it's a stupid power and gimmick, but, like, he's the best at it. Like, it's... Yeah. I don't know. I think... I've always thought it was a dumb premise, but kind of cool. But look, this is the only Marvel movie that has a fight on top of... Uh, and using Thomas the Tank Engine, so... Yeah, okay, fair enough. So it automatically is the best <laughs> Marvel movie. Yeah. Alright, cool. I'll have to see it. I actually do want to, so... Yep. That seems like a good movie to leave work for for a few hours to see and then come back. Basically to get paid to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you have else on here? A Hard so, Day. A Hard Day is great. Okay. Uh, this, this, is a Kore- this is a Korean thriller. And it's like just throws one thing after another and just gets like more and more ridiculous. So it starts with... Uh, like, this guy is driving in the rain. He's had a few to drink. It's the day of his mother's funeral. And, like, he sees a... He's sort of driving too fast because he's he's late. And he sees a dog in the road, and he swerves to the side so he doesn't hit the dog. And then he looks back, and then, up, oh, he's hit a person. Okay. He goes out. The guy's dead. There's, like, blood everywhere. And then there's like, he sees like a cop car coming. He panics, like drags the body off to the side of the road, hides it, then puts it in a bag, stuffs it in the trunk of his car and heads off. Then he gets like a call from, it turns out he's a homicide detective. Okay. It's a call from his, 
his people he works with, it turns out their whole office is being raided by internal affairs at that moment. Like they find all this money in his these drawers he has locked on because it turns out like his whole division is dirty. So it's and it's just like piling on one thing after another. He gets he goes to like a checkpoint and these these guys that are they're checking him don't believe he's a homicide detective and keep giving him all this shit and like eventually pepper spray him and start kicking the shit out of him before the call goes through that he was a homicide for real. So I'm guessing the whole premise is like that this dude is just having the worst day ever, basically. Pretty much. Um, it sounds so, already though like it's gonna be hard to sympathize with him if he's a dirty cop who killed somebody. So like, who cares? Good that his life is shitty because he's a piece of shit. It's is one it? of those things where it's like more it's funny because okay. it's so ridiculous. Oh, okay, okay, cool. It do- it goes like a good thriller. It's funny because it's crazy. Okay. Like he ends up convolutedly. Hiding the body in his mother's casket. Okay. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But like eventually it you you like find out that he has to like dig the body up later and he finds it had gun wounds in it. Like the guy was dead before he hit him. It, okay. Like, this so is... it like gets crazier and crazier. Okay. How like so it escalates pretty good then the whole time. Yes, yes. It keeps escalating. It keeps getting ridiculous. By the end, like him and the guy he's fighting are like so tired. There's like one is just trying to bite the head of the other one. He's like, <laughs> fucking exhausted. <laughs> it's also great. It's like one of the few movies I've seen where that had a chase where the people got like realistically tired pretty after just running a few blocks. Like they can't just run forever. They're like not actually. It's like first movie, people are in a chase, and they're not in the best shape in the world. <laughs> That's pretty good. Huh. Um, is it... You said, like, it's funny. In yeah. How, like, kind of crazy it gets or whatever. Yeah. Is it, like, stressful, though, the whole time? Like, it's tense, but... Okay. But, like, at some point, you're not... You're, like, sympathetic. You like you're sort of following this guy, but it's not like you're really like, oh, this is a great dude. I want him to succeed. You're kind of like, how the fuck is he gonna get out of this one? What? <laughs> you're just sort of curious. So you're not really rooting for him. You're kind of watching it all unfold at the beginning. Like okay. you sort of you kind of come to root for him because like they they do human. Like he has a daughter. He's a single dad with a daughter, and you're like, okay. So you start to care about him. Like they they build it up, they like build him up after starting him out at the point you don't care about him. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's more curiosity at the start. Cool, sounds uh, interesting. It was, it's it was really good. Where was, did you watch it? Um, East Village Cinema, New York. Like it's playing at one theater in New York. <laughs> it seems it's, I'm reading up on it. It came out last year, so it might not be crazy to be able to find this on the internet somewhere, right? Yeah, like like this is it's just came out in theaters in America and limited release. Oh yeah, okay, I see what you mean. 2014 in Korea. Yeah, yeah that's okay. Just just came out in uh, the U.S. Okay, on the 17th. Okay, cool. Yeah, that was really good. Man, I recommend it. I recommend a hard day if you like thrillers. Hmm. Is this something 
I could wait to watch when it's more like available or am I going to have to drive to like a theater maybe two or three hours away with you could probably, showing? You could probably wait to, to see it when it's more available. Okay. This seems like it would be one of those things that would be available for like two ninety nine or three ninety nine on like a YouTube service where you could like rent a movie. Yeah. Hmm. All right. This is where I wish video stores still existed because this would definitely be in a video store eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you. A lot of times with these kind of releases, they put them like on on demand services when it comes out, but it doesn't look like this did. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. And then I sort of made a mistake and went to go see another movie, but I was kind of burned out and fell asleep during a lot of it. So, yeah, don't have that much to say, and because I, I don't really know what happens. But uh, I went to see the movie Court. Okay. Which is uh. So you went to a theater. Yes. And fell asleep in the theater. Yeah. Did you wake up at the end of the movie, or were you kind of there for like ten minutes before? Waking up and realizing everyone else had left. I woke up like at the, during the last scene for, again, and okay. I was sort of nodding off. Like, in and I was in and out through most of it. Okay. Because so the thing about this movie is a lot of it is like framing a shot and then stuff happens through it, and it's like sort of slow. So like there would be no one talking and nothing is really happening in a moment. So my eyes would close and then people would start talking and they would open again. And this, because it's sort of a absurdist comedy of a guy who was, he gets arrested because he sung a song in public, and then this other dude committed suicide. Oh, weird! Okay. And he's being charged for murder, basically, performing an inflammatory song, which like might have caused this guy to commit suicide. So it's a lot about these, like. Like being in this courtroom and like his lawyer trying to argue in his defense, and then there's this the prosecutors arguing against him, and it's all ridiculous. So is it just some weird like courtroom drama then? A courtroom comedy, like it's okay. it's 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 be it's silly, it's absurdist. Basically, you're supposed to be laughing at this stuff. Okay, like the movie. I mean, the movie even ends with a joke, but uh, but it it was kind of slow, so it didn't shouldn't have gone to see it at that time. That was a mistake. Was I it like made. at midnight or something? No, it was just, I mean, it was just had been a long day and I had, Yeah. I was just tired. Okay. Did you double feature any of these? Yeah. I double featured a hard day. And court? And court. Okay. So that's why you're already tired from watching a movie, basically. Yeah. A movie that was like a thrill ride. <laughs> Right. To uh, a much slower paced movie. Do you think if it was the other way around, it would have been easier? Like if you had watched Court and then went to A Hard Day, you would have been awake for both of them? Probably. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. This, I mean, what I can say about Court is it had the thing of like just really beautiful shots of India. <laughs> like really good. I'd really like to visit that place sometime, but it's not even in the top ten for me, I don't think. Yeah, fair enough. There are a lot of cool places in the world. There's a lot of them, and there's, like, the thing is, I would love to see that place, but if I'm going to be in that quote-unquote area, I'd like to see, like, some of the richer cities ever in the world. Mm -hmm. Like, if I'm going to be in the Middle East area anyway, 
Like, why not go to Dubai or Abu Dhabi where, like, people are literal millionaires <laughs> that live there and the architecture yeah. is amazing? But, yeah, I one day, maybe. It seems like it'd be too hot, though. I don't like heat. Like, a lot of heat all the mm-hmm. time. And everybody, like, I've had friends that are Indian or whatever, and they've, mm-hmm. and every now and then they have to go home to visit family and do, like, their pilgrimage or whatever the hell it is they do for their religion. And, um, every time they come back, they're just like, it's just the worst, like, hot. <laughs> like, even at night, it's like 40 degrees Celsius and you're, like, having trouble breathing, which is why everybody has air conditioning. Mm-hmm. So, I don't, that doesn't sound fun. <laughs> at all to me (laughs) just like or like seeing trains or buses or whatever filled with like hundreds of people Mm -hmm. i don't know none of that seems appealing but i would like to see like the other stuff that is kind of cool like their markets and stuff and all the bright colors and like the food and all that stuff that would be great this Mm -hmm. is all the people stuff that would get to me i think anyways that's uh so that's what you've watched this week four movies Whereas yep. last week there was none, <laughs> so you're making up for it now. Pretty much, pretty much. I think you've pretty much done two movies every week, as a like average. Maybe it's not. A, maybe not. There's there are a bunch of weeks where I didn't see anything, mm-hmm. and then I see a bunch of stuff usually. Mm-hmm. Cool. We should talk yep. about video games now, though. Sure, video games. Mm-hmm. We both have been playing Rocket League. Yep, that's pretty much all I've been playing. <laughs> that game is fun. That game is so good, just mechanically. I fucking love it. It's really good, because even, it's one of those games that, when you start playing it, you feel like an idiot, and you're just like, how am I going to hit this ball with this car? Mm-hmm. And then you get a little bit better, and you're like, okay, I can generally hit this ball pretty like accurately when it's close to me and stuff like that. And then there's, like, another step above that where, but can you hit it while you're flying in the air? <laughs> so, like, there's... That one's way more hard. There's, like, a huge skill ceiling on this game that I'm not even close to being at at all yet. Yeah. But, like, I'm, I feel like I'm basically at the level right now where if I play against people of equal skill level, I can have fun and we can generally, like, try to set up some idea of plays. Mm-hmm. But we're not at the part where we have plays yet. <laughs> yeah. So I think that is the next step. And then the next mm-hmm. step after that is, can you do those plays while flying? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, there's there's a lot. It's one of these games that it's easy to pick up and learn, but it's hard to master in every way. And yeah. watching people that are, there's already, like, esports leagues and stuff forming on this game, uh, game and I'm super mm. stoked because... I really like esports a lot, and I'm so excited that there's actual esports stuff happening now that isn't just MOBAs. Because mm-hmm. this is this is the closest I think we'll get for now to you could play like two matches of this or some matches of this on ESPN, and people will maybe take it more seriously because it's a lot cooler and funner to watch than no the thing. With MOBAs is you have to know the MOBA specifically. You have to know heroes and builds and stuff to really get the full entertainment out of watching people play it well. Yeah, like if you're not deep in, you don't really understand what people are doing, so you don't know what's impressive. To the point where when the international happens, they have to have a newbie stream to explain what's happening. 
Yeah. Whereas this is, everybody knows the rules of putting a ball in a goal, and everybody can see how fast your cars can move. Mm -hmm. And that's all you need to know. Like, the way this takes skill is by being able to just, like, have the coordination to be able to hit something out of midair and push a ball into a net with a car. Like, Mm -hmm. that, it's just impressive to watch people play it at a high level. So I'm super stoked that this game is getting as popular and has gotten as popular as it has. That being said, it's also the biggest double-edged sword because their servers are fucking terrible and have been down so much. Their servers are always fucking down, except for when we play at, like, 2 in the morning. Yeah. That's the only time it ever seems to be up. Playing in the middle of the day, you're kind of rolling a dice to see if your, like, area is up or not. But, yeah. Um, for some reason, we just lost the call, so Hank is gone. I'll take this time to keep talking, though. I've also been playing Earthbound. Earthbound has been fantastic, and I wish I had played it sooner. It does so many things well. Like, I'm really, really enjoying the just how fast it all feels for a turn-based RPG, down to the point where when you're leveled up enough, you can just kind of skip past mobs because they just auto win you like you auto win against mobs that attack you that's that's a thing that should have been in every rpg ever so i'm stoked that it's in this and i'm kind of pissed off it hasn't been in everything because grinding sucks it's absolutely the worst thing ever and the people who made this know that they programmed it perfectly the writing is great the sense of humor is so good. Like, it's it's very absurdist and kind of surreal in a lot of ways, but the whole game premise basically is with this otherworldly being taking over and, like, destroying Earth or whatever named Gygus, and the only thing that can save the world is a group of, like, 10-year-old kids or something, maybe 12 or 13-year-old kids. I... I need to get back into it, though. I really like the battle style. I really like that there's a countdown for your health so that if you get hit, say you have, like, 400 health or whatever, there's a ticker, so it'll go down, like, 399, 398, 397. Like, it'll go faster than I can say it, obviously. But it'll go down slow enough that you can, when it's your turn, if you're at, like, 200 and going down, you can actually use a health item or heal yourself and it'll start going back up. So even if there was a move that did 500 damage to you and you had 400 health, you could actually heal back up enough to, like, stay alive. I think that's pretty cool. I haven't really run into that yet. This is only kind of hearsay from what other people have told me. But um, I haven't run into it yet because my health is too... Basically, if I face something in the game that hits that hard I'm just dead anyway because my health goes down too fast um I am super looking forward to playing more of that game like really bad it's so good Hank's back so we're just gonna add him back into the call here hey hey I kept talking when you left so I'm talking about Earthbound and how great that game is and how I wish I had gotten into it sooner do you have any history with Earthbound no. So when you were playing it, no. I said it, I said in chat, this game is too chill for me. I can't handle it. And uh-huh. that's sort of been my history with it. Because every time I tried to play it, it's like, it's too relaxed. I can't. It's 
cool, but I, I just personally can't. I can't deal. It's too relaxed. <laughs> what yeah. does this mean? I don't know. It's like <laughs> too chill. I just get antsy and need to do something else. Like, I, I don't like, really get how it's chilled necessarily because the last part I played, I would walk through like a Ku, Ku Klux Klan meeting of painters. I mean, I didn't get very, I never got very far in it. Okay. The beginning I didn't really love. And a lot of people have said, like, play for maybe an hour or so. And they were totally right. Once you get past that beginning area and the world starts opening up a little bit, I don't even have, like, I just got my second party member. So, like, I don't even have a full party yet, and I'm digging it a lot. Yeah. It's also the kind of game where if I had it on a handheld, I probably would play it. Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah. I just, I don't, console RPGs, I haven't, if I'm not playing with friends around, I don't, like, I need, I need that on handheld to have the patience for RPG stuff like that. It Well, I think it's one of those things that, like, when you would have played it originally, would have been 95, 96-ish, maybe. I mean, I never I never had access. I've never heard of it till so, yeah. like, the first time I played it was on emulator. Yeah, that's kind of the thing, too, is that the reason why I missed it is because it was so not a huge deal here in North America when it came out at all. Yeah. To the yeah. point where a lot of people actually panned it for being bad. Mm-hmm. And it made me realize that they're just wrong. Like, that game does mechanically so much of what RPGs should have been doing ever since. I really like the, like, just automatically winning against something that is way underpowered and you still getting full experience for it. Mm-hmm. So, like, grinding out would be a little bit easier and it wouldn't be... It's not like a fake way to try to say, like, yeah, you have 20 hours of gameplay or whatever. It's like, yeah, but 15 of those is just grinding, so you could beat the end guy. Um, another thing is, I like the countdown meter thing, like, for your health. So, yeah. like, as it's counting down, as I was saying, if you take, like, say, 400 damage and you only have 380 health or whatever, you could, like, as it's counting down in your turn, heal when you're at, like, 100 health and it's still counting down and you would be fine. Mm-hmm. I think that's cool. Like, that's a really cool thing that should have stayed i really like a lot of the writing in the game as i was saying like the writing is kind of like cutesy but weird there's an ominous feel to everything in that game mm-hmm. which is great the hippie with the johnny be good music playing is absolutely fantastic that's just too good it's really uh, good there's a lot of good stuff in that game and my first introduction to any of that stuff was ness was in super smash brothers <laughs> Yeah, And so that made me, like, originally look into what, like, Ness is from and stuff. And from there, I read about Earthbound and stuff, and I thought it looked dumb. And I was just <laughs> like, this character... I never really liked Ness in Super Smash Brothers either, or Lucas, oh. or any of them. I don't like them at all. I loved Ness in original Super Smash Brothers. And I still kind of don't. The best thing about him is w- when you took your bat, you wound up and just, like, knocked someone off. Yeah, like, uh, in original Super Smash Brothers, once you master his throw... It's fucking broken. <laughs> oh, okay. It's really good. It's, that was played a lot of original Smash before, right, like in the months leading up to Brawl coming out in college, and we got really good at that game. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Where the point where like you're like, oh, Ness is broken actually. Like he's just better <laughs> than all, most of these characters. Hmm. 
Because uh, this throw is so good. Throw is like, it's so easy to grab people in that one. In the first one? Yeah. Yeah, I remember not liking that game very much. But I only ever really had one other person to play with. Like, anytime we played oh, it yeah. with a three, like a full four, it was yeah. great. But that was maybe like once every couple weekends when one of us would rent it. None of my friends bought it because it was <laughs> one of the more expensive. We When that game came out, it was at the age where, like, our parents stopped giving us allowance money or, like, buying stuff for us because we were too old for that, but we were too young to get a full-time job or something. Mm-hmm. So we were in this weird limbo of, like, our parents would buy us things we would need to survive, like clothes and, like, school books and all that sort of thing. But anything that was more than that, we would have to, like, maybe find a part-time job or, like, cut grass to buy stuff or, like, anything like that. Mm-hmm. So... None of, it came out at the time where we basically didn't have money, like, at all, yeah, none of enough. us. So we would rent it every now and then, because the few of us that would, say, shovel sidewalks or whatever and got a few extra dollars, the only that was only enough to rent a video game every couple mm. weekends and not buy something. But, um, yeah, Ness has never been a character I cared about, and playing this now, finally... I really like that character, and I don't know why. There's not a whole lot to that character. He's just, uh, he's an avatar for you, basically. Yeah. But I really like that game and everything around it. Like, I think talking to your dad on the phone is kind of funny, like, hilarious. Mm-hmm. The mom just, like, telling your friend, like, oh, you don't like steak? Well, too bad. Ha ha ha. <laughs> like, making fun of your fat friend neighbor is <laughs> great. Um, Pokey's a piece of shit. I really hate him. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of good things happening in that game, and I can't wait to see more of it. But uh, I've been enjoying that. The reason I started playing it was obviously because Iwata died. Yeah. And I wanted to revisit some of the stuff that he was known for. I've already played basically all the Kirby games, so I didn't need to revisit anything there. I know what those are about, but Earthbound was always the blind spot on my radar. And Mm. now that I've played it, I absolutely adore it, and I can't wait to play more. Uh, other than that, been playing Odalis by the dudes who made Onikin, uh, Joy Masher Studios or something like that, I think they're called. I can't remember exactly, but they seem to specialize from these two games so far, retro-feeling new games. Mm-hmm. And the first one felt more like a weird Contra that you, like, had a sword in as well. Uh, like, it was more shootery, fast-paced sort of thing, side-scrolling. This is much slower, focusing on, like, dodging enemy fire and attacking them with your sword, which feels like a whip, basically, because you need to be kind of close, and there's a swing, like, a drawback to your swing, so you have to time it appropriately. Mm. And you pick up items that can help you. Like, I picked up recently a, uh, the torch item, which acts like holy water. You basically throw it down at an angle and it kind of like lights up a small portion of the ground. Or like if you hit an enemy with it, it'll hit them every frame that it passes through them, kind of like holy water did. Yeah. You have the axes, which are essentially the knives in Castlevania. Like you throw an axe straight ahead instead Mm of at an arc, which is kind of weird. Like there's a lot of weird things that, feel like Castlevania, but are a little mishmashed in this game. But overall, it's very it's very true to that old feel of game. And I like those old field games a lot. 
so I'm enjoying the hell out of this one, personally. The art aesthetic and stuff is spot on, down to where they have the CRT scan lines and, like, a little bit of a vignette around the corner, so it seems like you're playing it on, a, on an old CRT. Mm. It's it's just really well done, and I'm super stoked that it's finally out and I get to play it. Uh, for anybody who likes those type of things, I would definitely check this game out. I would also check out Oniken if you haven't, because I think it's pretty cheap. It used to be on, uh, oh my god, I can't remember the name of that site. There was, like, that site that dealt mostly with just, like, indie games. Desura? Yeah, it was on Desura for, like, a dollar a long time ago, and I think it's on Steam now for five dollars, and this is, I think, five or ten or something. Mm. But, yeah, totally worth it. I really am enjoying it, and I can't wait to play more of it. I was going to stream some of it, but I thought, nah, and just played more of it today for myself. Fair enough. Don't have to stream everything, you know? Mm-hmm. Kind of like Trials Fusion, which I was also playing. Do you Is like Trials, Trials games? never actually really played one of them. Okay. You know what they're all about, though. Yes, I'm aware. Trials Fusion is a Trials game. <gasps> what I was specifically playing is Awesome Level Max, the DLC mm-hmm. that like they showed off at E3 with a cat with a guns riding a horse, a unicorn yep. specifically. Um, that unicorn doesn't feel right to me at all. Because Does it feel like a motorcycle? That's the thing, is that it feels like a motorcycle to the point where you're when you're revving, say, like, your motorcycle to go or whatever, the same uh-huh. button... You're actually just, like, moving the horse's back feet and not the front feet, which feels awkward. Like, it controls exactly like a motorcycle would instead of wheels, though it has feet. And Weird. It feels like there's a weird um hitbox issue, it feels like, where when... It's hard to explain, but when you see two circles and, like, you're colliding with... You're up in the air and you're about to collide with a ramp or something, you kind of have an idea of physics based on like how your wheels should be like aligned so when you Mm -hmm. fall you are perfect the horse's feet seem off and i've been falling off a lot because like the front feet looked like they were at the right angle but really they were a little too far forward like it's Mm -hmm. almost like it's almost like the front feet for the unicorn have to be tilted at a 30 to 40 degree angle more that like the in the opposite way you want it because like <laughs> it's basically like the very bottom left part of the hoof is where the bottom part of the wheel would be but they're angled weird <laughs> so it actually feels really shitty <laughs> <laughs> and not good at all um the D- the level DLC though is kind of cool because it's a lot of weird like psychotropic things happening basically you're the premise is you are a trials dude, like you're on a motorcycle in the first part of the tutorial or level or whatever, yeah. and your mission is to steal these bl- blueprints from a thing. So you steal them, but at the end of the level where the ending is, you accidentally jump into like this transforming device, and that's what transforms you into the cat and unicorn combo. So then the next level's on take from that, but everything's all weird and psychotro- psychotropic because you're like in a haze or something you're everything's fucked up now mm-hmm. so that's kind of cool and the level designs reflect that pretty well like there's a lot of weird things happening in the level design where you're replaying the same part over and over but like it changes to 
like a medieval setting or somewhere in space or <laughs> like it's really really neat it's just that mechanically it feels like trash and i don't want to play any more of it which is a huge failing for a video game <laughs> particularly something like trials which mm-hmm. it's like all about just doing these these like mechanics you've fucking played over and over again that's and that's what's infuriating about it is that i'm not saying i'm the best trials player or even that i'm a great one or good but i've played enough trials that like i can play through a trials game all the way to like the ending like challenges or whatever and still be kind of competent at those mm-hmm. and this is like the first two levels of being a horse and i can't get past them <laughs> because mm. it feels so off like, I'm falling, like, ten times in a row in one part because I'm trying to understand where this stupid horse's front leg is supposed to be that isn't moving, even though, like, the back legs are. It Nothing about it feels right, mm-hmm. and that's a huge failing for a game that made its career basically on feeling great. Yeah. So they fucked up, and it's a piece of shit. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> great. Yeah out now yeah it is out <laughs> now and it's it's kind of overpriced it's like 14 bucks hmm. there are other dlcs like four <laughs> so Man. yeah i don't know it's it's one of those ubisoft cash grabs yeah. and it worked so they grabbed your cash they grabbed my cash <sighs> that's all i have to talk about this week though okay we could talk about a water dine again so sure. he died. Yeah. That's Sucks. really it's really shitty. And like I think it says how shitty it is when not a Nintendo dude talks about how much that sucks. <laughs> like it's, uh, I've well, I've never really liked the Wii and like a lot of the stuff he's implemented, but I've always liked where he's come from as like the business side of stuff in the video yeah. game industry. And that's what sucks for me, I think. Like yeah. thinking about it. It's not like the part, the time when I started, when I came around to just thinking Nintendo's ranking decisions I liked and just started liking them as a company as opposed to just liking their games is the Awada era. Like that's yeah. when it happened for me. Where like I, I, because as someone who, what the consoles I own are like a PlayStation and I owned a PlayStation 2, like. I was not super into the GameCube era of Nintendo. It's like Nintendo as a company. I I thought they were being silly in terms of just chasing like Sony and Microsoft in but in a way that made it so that they were they couldn't compete with them even though they were just sort of doing the same thing. Like they were so falling I, behind always a little bit but like trying to compete. Yeah. Yeah. That like yeah. It's like with the N64 and then the GameCube, they were they were already in that position. And I just thought the Wii was smart just because it was different and it yeah. was way cheaper. Yeah. Like from those two perspectives, it just made it did a cool thing. It just made a lot of sense. But also and also like just the way he's interacted with fans and like the way the front face of the company that they've presented has been something I could get behind about. Like I just fucking liked the stuff that they've the way they've stood for for video games, as opposed to all this other bullshit that yeah, stuff get into. That's yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too. Where like I didn't particularly love a lot of things about the Wii, 
but mm. I've always respected that Nintendo went from like trying to compete, quote unquote, or whatever, f- like with the N64 and getting those new graphics and 3D platforming and all that sort of bullshit. And they kind of just went back to like, we're going to go to just things that are kind of gimmicky, but fun for everybody. Like yep. he was very much about in a time where there's an arms race for the newest graphics and the cooler game or like the most artistic games. They always just did something that was instantly playable and fun and recognizable as being fun. Yep. And that's like a hard thing to replicate because so many CEOs want to have the cool new thing. And I think the only thing he ever wanted to do was have people, everybody he could play his games. And that's like admirable to me. Yeah, it's it's super good. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you remember the times you're playing, say, New Super Mario Brothers, like, with three of your friends, and, like, this one part that you kept killing each other on. And I don't remember, like, most of Gears of War, even though that was, like, the new thing. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's They really focused on, like, experiences, whereas other games just tried to get your money, I think, with the new technology. Neither one is necessarily more right over the other but i've always felt that video games first and foremost should be fun and nintendo stuff always has been basically yep so i mean to me the big failing of the wii u was just it cost too much when it came out compared to the other consoles like they made they made that thing too expensive for what it for what its place in the market was the biggest failing nintendo always makes though is that they never give enough of like they always seem to undercut what they have so like the Wii was hard to get because there just wasn't like millions available to everybody that wanted one for the first yeah, couple weeks true. like they never ship enough of their stuff that's always been their biggest failing mm-hmm. is that they don't recognize their market's actually the biggest <laughs> but maybe because it's hard to blame them almost because when you look at like the sales numbers and stuff like that they probably feel like theirs isn't the biggest, but let's be real. Like, even as a PC gamer, I can admit, they are, they are the biggest, and they have always have been. People have always wanted to get their stuff day one or week of and try out the new Legend of Zelda or new Mario game or Metroid or any of their stuff because they are the original video game company. Mm. So even people that don't necessarily love Nintendo like me and think some of the business practices have been at worst shady at best stupid like (laughs) i want to play their shit too that's why i have a wii u and i don't have a ps4 (laughs) like Mm. so their biggest problem is never realizing how big they were and i think that was awada's probably personal problem as well i don't think he ever realized that he was the ceo of the biggest gaming company ever but in a way, that's kind of the good thing he, of him, too. He always just wanted to do, like, what he felt was right, which mm-hmm. is kind of too bad that it was never <laughs> enough <laughs> to make sure I had a weed day. I wanted to buy Red Steel week of, and I'm mm-hmm. glad that uh, there wasn't enough wheeze out there to make me make that mistake. But <laughs> at the same time, I kind of wanted to learn by myself that Red Steel was garbage. It looked cool, <laughs> but... Mm-hmm too bad it wasn't but uh yeah anyway i don't know it's just kind of a blow to the industry as a whole when you lose somebody that intensely into what 
they're doing for fun. And, like, yeah. he's probably going to be replaced. Like, if he's not replaced by, like, Miyamoto or Sakurai or somebody that has kind of the same ideas as him, he's probably going to be replaced by somebody, like, who owns Konami. And, like, they're going to just lose all of their heart. And that's going to be too, that's going to be so sad. I really hope that doesn't happen, but. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I really, I feel like they'll probably promote from within. Cause that's they have their, to, their right? trend. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, they have to recognize how fucking amazing Iwata was. And that they should try and stay on that path. Just like the fact that he, that when they were struggling, he went for supporting, making sure everyone kept their jobs because he recognized that, like, the long-term health of the company is making people feel comfortable and get doing their work as opposed to fucking firing everyone. It's yeah, like, ruin it's, everything. it's not necessarily about the bottom line. That'll come in time. It's just, yeah. like, making sure everybody that is talented feels like they're okay to create whatever they want. Because, yeah. like... I think that was another thing, too. Like, he was a creator himself. Like, I think mm -hmm. that was another great thing about him is that he wasn't one of those types to worry about the Excel spreadsheets and, like, make sure the bottom line was always in the black or whatever, even though yeah. I'm sure he had to pretend he was all the time to investors and all that stuff. But he knew that, like, in creativity, you'll make, like, a hundred garbage pieces of shit until you get one amazing thing that'll change the world. And luckily, Nintendo has always had some of the best people, and they, they've they made that number from, like, a hundred pieces of shit to maybe ten <laughs> for every one great one. Uh-huh. But, like, I think you need somebody who understands that the creative process is basically failing a whole bunch until you do it perfect that one time. Which yeah. I think is something he understood, and yep. it would be a shame if they got somebody in there that was a uh, like money fiend, like a pencil pushing Excel spreadsheet reading piece of shit, because it would ruin everything that's great about that company. Yep, they would. They wouldn't. I don't think they would last. <laughs> they wouldn't. They wouldn't at all. If they went it's for like... money, we would see a thousand more Legends of Zeldas, and they would all be even more trashy than the one people hate the most. Like, yeah, there's a reason Nintendo is the company that's still around. When you look at, like, what happened to Sega, and what Sega is now compared to what they used to be. Like, yeah. it's a different thing. <laughs> and, like, the new Nintendo system would basically be, like, another PC, and that would make me not buy it, because if that happens, guess what? I already have a PC. Nintendo just lost my money. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. yeah, so I really hope they keep that like I don't mean a derogatory necessarily but that childishness about them mm -hmm. like where they just think like there's a wonder to everything they try to do even for better or for worse sometimes it's just dumb and sometimes it's like actually creative really good spirit. <laughs> creative spirit is probably the more politically correct thing <laughs> to say without offending both Nintendo and children everywhere <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Either way, I think that's it for this week. Probably, yeah. Yeah. So, thank you for listening. We'll see you guys next time. See you guys.